0: The Latter-day Lives Podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode number 70 of the Latter-day Lives podcast. My name is Sean Rapier. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, and thank you again for joining us this week. We have got such a fantastic episode, but before we jump into it, a couple of housekeeping notes. Uh, First of all, next week we're going to have a special episode. We've been working together with some of the other podcasters, and uh, we've got some neat content from Light the World coming up, Uh, so be sure to Listen to that next week. And then uh, also, we were looking at the calendar, and you know we always release on Monday. And uh, this year, Christmas and New Year's are both on Tuesdays. So we'll have a Christmas Eve Monday and a New Year's Eve Monday, we decided we're going to take a break. So there's nothing wrong with the show. We're going to keep going, but those two Mondays, there will be no show. So two Mondays in a row giving everybody a break for uh, Christmas and New Year. Just wanted you to be aware of that. Uh, This week on the show, my guest, Ashley Reeves, is so amazing. You know, I usually feel like I kind of know the world of the guests who come in, but I know nothing about the whole social media star thing. Uh, It's such a fascinating world, and Ashley explains it, and I get it now. I get why people follow her, and she is so just dynamic and exciting and fun. And thank you to Ashley's awesome husband, uh, Justin, for setting up the interview. It's just fantastic. You're going to love it. And this week in my latter day life, uh, we'll talk a little bit about shepherds and uh, a new meaning it uh, it has for me right now. Uh, It's all coming up. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. (coughs) And this week in the Latter-day Live studio, my guest is a bona fide social media star. It's our <laughs> first time having a true social media star. Ashley Reeves has put together a huge following uh, on social media as Ashley's Fresh Fix. And we're going to talk about all these things. Ashley, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, so <laughs>
0: glad to have you on. Now, truth be known, I have known Ashley for a number of years she is married to one of the coolest guys on earth who could have his <laughs> own show. No much less his own episode. His own show and that is Justin. And Justin's here in the studio but is not behind a microphone. So you know, but that's okay. He's well, here. Our- He's here. He's here for support. So we're glad to have Justin here. So Ashley, before we get into your social media empire, uh, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about kind of who you are and where you're from and a little bit of your backstory. Tell us where you grew up, Ashley.
1: Yeah. Um, I just grew up in Sandy, Utah, so not too far from here. Um, I grew up the oldest of seven kids. And I you know, left home and I went up to Utah State. Um, that's where I met Justin. Justin. And we lived up there for a few years, and now we live down um, in Eagle Mountain, and we have four kids and just a busy life. But we've, you know, I used to feel guilty about how busy our lives were, but now I've just kind of embraced it that this is what it is. and. We're just kind of falling into it and really loving it. So
0: super fun. Did you grow up in the church? Yes, you I did. Raised in the church? Mm-hmm. You're Utah through and through. I really You're true, am. True, blue Utah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: So when you were younger, what was your what was your kind of passion? Were you what were you into? Sports or music or drama or um, just hanging out?
1: Really just hang I've always been a really social person. So I really always liked being around groups of people. I always felt like I had a really good group of friends growing up and I tried sports. I was not good at them. But I think cuz I'm so tall people always wanted me to like come on their team and then they usually never invited me back. <laughs> but I gave it a solid effort.
0: <laughs> I was the same way. People are like, "You're big. Come play football yeah. with us." No. I'm not no. good though. I'm not athletic.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's my thing for sure.
0: Yeah. What what made you decide to go up to Utah State?
1: Um You know, I actually remember vividly sitting in my laurels class in church, and I remember one of the girls that was a year older than me was really excited because she got um, accepted into Utah State. And I remember thinking, like, what's Utah State? And I don't know that just piqued my interest because I kind of thought I would go to BYU. Um, But... Once I started learning about it and I talked to my parents, I knew Logan. I just was kind of clueless that there was a university up there. But my grandparents were from there. My mom had grown up in Logan. So once I started hearing about, like, my family history, like, my grandparents had graduated from there, which I really didn't know until I was, like, I guess I was about 16, um, I just kind of was drawn to it. Like, the family history that we had up there. And I – you know, the older I got, the more I realized I wasn't as interested in BYU anymore. And I honestly don't know if I would have gotten in. I never even tried. But yeah, that's kind of how it started.
0: And Logan is one of the coolest cities, one of the like the gems.
1: Oh, we love it. Hard
0: to get to in wintertime. Yes. You get to go through Sardine <laughs> Canyon. And yeah, it's a little bit icy. But gosh, it is just beautiful, gorgeous country. up there.
1: Yeah, we love it. When we left Logan for work, we thought we'd be back in a year. It's been 11 years since we left.
0: Yeah, I did the same thing. So I don't think we're
1: going back though. I did the same thing with California.
0: We were supposed to be here for six months and (laughs) it's been more than 20 years, but that's okay. That's all good. So, how did you and Justin meet? I don't think I've ever heard this story.
1: Um, We met just through mutual friends. One of my good friends um, from high school, his name was Nick, was Justin's roommate. So, we met through friends and we actually were just friends for a couple years. and we ended up in a stats math class together so we started hanging out more one on one doing homework and stuff and you know then fell in love and now we have four kids and a mortgage so <laughs>
0: And it wasn't love at first sight, huh?
1: <laughs> no, I know. I tease him about that all the time. I'm like, it took two years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that gives hope to a lot of people, because I think there are a lot of people who think, if you're a member of the church, it has to be the instant, Yeah, I saw you no. across a room. And oh my I- goodness. We
1: always got along really well, but there was like, I was dating someone else for a while, and then he, I don't, there was just some bumps in the road, but... Here we are.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, uh, I've known Justin a lot longer than I've known you. I've known Justin since probably you were thir- 13, something like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Justin, one of Justin's best friends, is uh, my brother in law. Yeah. And so, uh, but Justin has always been the coolest and uh, works in education and it's just the dream, dream guy you want to have at your school. But this is about Ashley. Sorry, Justin. He's great so, too. So, <laughs> yes. So uh, now you guys have four kids. Uh-huh. What are the th- ages of your kids?
1: Um, we have three boys that are 10, eight, and five, and a little girl who just turned three.
0: That's amazing to me. Yeah. So amazing you guys could have a 10 year old. Yeah. Incredible. I
1: Almost 11, even.
0: So. So one of the things that you're uh, the, that you're known for and what I really want to talk about is this whole social media. I mean, I'd call it an empire when I see what you built out. Like it's it's amazing. Let's go way way back to kind of mm-hmm. how this started. I being a very old man, I remember uh-huh. <laughs> life before we had this social media stuff. I remember yeah. uh I remember in fact being so consumed coming home and telling my wife The coolest thing ever, this thing called MySpace has come out. And man, MySpace is going to run the world forever. (laughs) Um, So tell us, how did you get started in social media? What was kind of your first exposure to it?
1: You know, I actually started blogging a long time ago when I had my first child. I was, I really liked blogging. I blogged about like healthy recipes and stuff like that. But, um, it honestly was so much work. I was doing it every day. Blogging is a lot of work. It's typing a lot of words. It's uploading pictures. Like back then it was not easy, but I did it. I really loved it for about a year. Um, and then it just became a lot of work and there was literally no, there was people there, but like there wasn't really monetization with blogs back then, but I really enjoyed it. Um so I ended up quitting the blog and about a year and a half or 2 years later Instagram came out And I actually remember thinking Instagram was a filter app that you could get cool filters. That's what I thought it was. So I signed up on the list because I had seen filters because I had an Android phone at the time and it wasn't available for Android. It was just iPhones. So I signed up on the list to get Instagram. And I remember when it came through and I was so excited that I could use these cool filters. And I remember I signed in and it was like a social media. And I was like, that's confusing. Like, oh, it's not Facebook. It's something else. (laughs) I was so clueless to what actually was. Um, But I started... I started just, you know, being really active there. I thought it was really fun. Um, And I was just sharing about my family, um, taking pictures of my kids. And then I was like, you know what? I remember when I did my blog, I loved sharing healthy recipes. I wonder if I could ever share that on Instagram Um, because it's so much quicker to take a picture and type real fast. And so I did, I tried that and I actually would lose a lot of, like I had followers following like my family and I don't know who they were or, I mean, it was probably just mostly people I knew but i started sharing recipes and i would like lose followers and so i was like okay no one likes my recipes that's fine and so like i was the person that everyone makes fun of that takes pictures of their pictures of their food on instagram yeah. and so um anyways, I decided I was going to start another account because I still enjoyed sharing. So even if no one liked it. <laughs> so I started a different Instagram account that was separate. And I, st- at the time I was really in to the whole 30 and I started sharing recipes there and it just kind of like caught on like wildfire. There was lots of people showing up because they wanted that. It was like a hot diet at the time. I don't know. Um, but a lot of people came over, but then I remember I mean, I don't know how many people, I would say maybe like 10,000 people or something came over at first. And I just was so tired of talking about it and wasn't really interested in it anymore. But I was like, well, that's too bad because all these, I liked Instagram, but I didn't really like what I was talking about anymore. Um, so then I just remember thinking, well, that's too bad. None of these people are going to care if I ever talk about anything else because they're all here for food. Um, but slowly I started, I started sharing a little bit more about myself. And I think naturally, I just felt more comfortable talking about my life, um, really not filtered. And I don't know, not over processed or anything. But um, I started, what happened is I felt like I didn't want to show my face on Instagram, because I was worried that I've been running this healthy eating Instagram account. And I thought I didn't look the part. And so I was kind of embarrassed. Like, I don't want people to see who I am. Because what if they judge me? I don't know. It was dumb. But um, I ended up getting a call from Good Morning America once I started showing my face and showing up with my family and stuff. And they wanted to interview me about my experience with like healthy eating. So that was kind of a really cool catalyst where they actually liked that I looked a little different, I think, and that it was something I still cared about. And um, I saw a lot of growth after that. And then I don't know, I just have been able to naturally evolve into sharing a little bit more lifestyle things. I still share some recipes occasionally, but... I, um, am actually very prayerful about what I share online. And when I feel like I need to share something, I have notes in my phone, my notes section, and I just keep notes like crazy. Like if I have little thoughts and whatever, and, um, when I feel the time is right, I share them. So that's kind of how it's evolved. And now it's this, um, it's this place that I feel very protective of because I think I have a really good group of people there that, you know, I have a lot of women who are really, I talk a lot about body image and loving yourself and knowing your worth and, um I have a lot of women that it's truthfully shocking and sad to me like the stories they send of the experiences they've had and how they feel about themselves and I just feel really lucky that they come to my page and feel better about themselves.
0: Wow, that is amazing. What are I what are some of the what are some of the stories? Like what are some of the things that women have sent you oh. that, that have touched you. I mean, I'm sure um, there are so many. Yeah, of them, there but.
1: is so many, but you know, I had this summer where I was talking about how you should get in pictures with your kids and how, even when you're feeling like postpartum, if you're not feeling good, it's really easy to just step out and just take all these pictures of your kids. Um, and I just talked about, you know, like don't miss out on those memories with your kids. Like it's important to remember. I honestly don't have a ton of pictures of my own mom growing up and I um, I've, Never completely addressed if that's why we don't, but she doesn't like getting her picture taken. <laughs> so anyways, I got this message from a woman who, um, she said, you know, my whole life I've been ashamed of my body cause I was so big and I was so tall and I never liked the way I looked. And, um, I had this son with special needs and she said, I took care of him. And I realized once I had him that my body was to take care of him cause he was a, a 15 16 year old kid and I was having to mm. carry him and really help him and so it was so interesting to me because she knew she said that sh- it was really um it came to light to her why she had this body because she was going to need to be like a strong woman to help her son but she still hated the way she looked so when her son was 25 he passed away and she said she started going through her pictures to try to find I I'm talking about but try to find a picture and she had zero pictures of herself with him oh and that one really stood out to me because it was just that regret. Like it wasn't a thing that I could help her tell her, Hey, now you can do this. Like, but it was regret. And she just said, I really wish I would have. And I just thought like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to have that regret. And I want to tell other people not to do it. Like, and you think it's so silly, it's just a picture, but those are really special and they're memories. And, um, people, I, I know pictures just can be silly to people, but they really are memories. They help you remember things that you probably would have forgotten otherwise. And um, so that's one that stands out to yeah. my mind that was really sad and just kind of fueled me to really want to help people not be in that space anymore.
0: Sure. I think, you know, all of us, I mean, I've struggled with my weight my whole life. I think that, you know, you, one of the downsides maybe to Instagram generally is that we have lighting, we have filters, we have, and everybody knows, you know, hold the camera up, not down, hold the camera this way, natural light, this filter, and all of yeah. a sudden, everyone looks amazing, <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh-huh. you sit and you scroll through your feed, and you see, oh, here's someone at the gym, and here's someone flexing, and here's someone perfect uh, on the beach and whatever. And you, mm-hmm. you start thinking, wow, I'm really lousy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really can be. No, I really think that it's a very real thing. And I think people feel the need to keep up with it and look that way. And that's exactly what I was talking about when I was saying, like, I just didn't feel like I looked the part. So I didn't really want to be on Instagram. But really, some of the most um, powerful, like, posts I've shared that have really helped with people is when I get up and I, I take pictures of myself in a swimsuit and I post it online. I'm like, look, I have chubby thighs and I'm okay with it. Like, I still am walking around and I can still do this. Um, There was a picture where I had to be it was a picture that had to be posted in front of like half a million people for this company. And it was me in a swimsuit. And I took the picture. And well, my photographer took the picture of me and my thighs just did not look good. And I was like sweating bullets. And she was like, listen, if you want me to, I can Photoshop this really easy. I can just smooth it over and I just was like wanting to so bad because I knew how many people were going <laughs> to see that picture. But I was like, I just can't do it. I couldn't do that it. It wouldn't have been
0: authentic to your message.
1: No. And um, I just remember thinking, I'm like, I just wish so bad um, that when I was younger that I had anyone to look at that looked happy and confident and didn't look like a size 2. You know what I mean? Everything when I was growing up, any girl who was taller, bigger, overweight anything, it was someone that was being made fun of. Yeah. Um and I think people are a little bit better now with being sensitive to people who look different, but um when I was growing up, it was really damaging to me because everything I saw like girls who looked like me were being made fun of.
0: Yeah. I I you know, it's one of those things where I When I look at advertising in general, there is a perception of total unattainability. And I think it's in every format. Not only is it our own bodies, but you see pictures of people's houses and it looks like a a perfect shot. Mm -hmm. And I look around at my house and go... Yeah, it looks nothing like that. Or even, you know, cooking, you know, you see these perfect shots of barbecue or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Mine doesn't
0: look like that. Yeah. Nothing in my life looks like Instagram. Yeah. And it makes it tough. So so you put out this picture that you were uncomfortable with. What was the response?
1: It was like hands down the most highly engaged photo I ever shared on my account. And it's because I told them, I said, I said no to Photoshop on this. I had the option. I can see, uh, you know, I can see something that's very visual to probably all of you and to me. But I chose not to do this because it really matters to me that people see people. Because truthfully, I am very confident and I'm very happy with myself. And it's, it is a lot of work to get to that point. But there's still moments that can trip you up like that. But I knew there was more value in me sharing that picture than me trying to cover it up. It would awesome. be like... It just mattered so much more to me and what I feel, the more I get in tune with what my purpose is online, I feel like those kind of things are the things I'm supposed to be sharing, not some like perfect Photoshopped picture.
0: That's such an awesome message that you're getting that out there. I think how sad it must be from a Latter-day Saint perspective to see God having made us and Mm -hmm. giving us these bodies and some parts of our bodies that are trials and some that are triumphs and whatever else, but that we're to embrace it all. And then immediately Satan wants us to be ashamed, wants yeah. us to be in pain, wants us to be worried. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to me that the purpose or that Instagram came out and the reason it hit so big was because you could filter yourself to perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the response you get is something real, like from posting something real. Mm -hmm. Um, I know so little about the influencer world, about social media. (laughs) Yeah. And you talk about companies that you interact with. This is the new marketing. Mm -hmm. You know, this is kind of how it's uh, done now. It's not just, hey, let's have a commercial. It's taking someone real like you as a, a personality on Instagram how does that happen? How does that all work? Like, if you could kind of pull the curtain back and yeah. let our audience know a little bit about that world, how does yeah. that happen?
1: Um, so I like to explain thinking about like the Vivint Home Arena. <clears throat> I think we looked it up once and there's like twenty five thousand people or something that can sit in the arena, and to advertise to have like a poster on the arena was some mass. I think it was like twenty thirty thousand. Like it's a lot of money twenty sure, thirty thousand dollars, whatever. So. In that respect, you're hoping that someone's at a jazz game that they see a picture hanging on the wall, like Mountain America or something that I've seen up there before, yeah. and that later on they'll remember when they have banking needs to then go to Mountain America, and then they're gonna have to try to find it, and then they're gonna have to look it up and whatever. Like that's right. uh, a huge expense. Yep. So influencer marketing is really cool because for um, for way less money, you know, it still it still pays. As my job, it pays really well. But from a marketing perspective, it's way less money to get a very targeted audience. So they know when they're following me, like we have all these analytics available. So I know exactly my demographic. I know that they're mostly female. I know that they're like 25 to 45. I know their location. And they get this targeted audience. And it's that third-party validation of, hey, I tried this product and I loved it. And it was awesome. Click here and buy it. And it's that quick. So it's giving them... Someone that they trust is telling them about it. It's giving them direct access to the product. There's usually, with the marketing campaigns, there's usually some kind of deal involved that helps people get moving on a sale. But that's basically how it works. And so- Um, as someone, I really pretty much do that full time and I'm working more this year on, I've, I've always had like side products and things I do. I do a lot of business consulting and stuff like that, but I would say 80% of my income is doing from that. And it's, it is really profitable. It's great. But, um, So that's kind of how it works. But also the way my business has evolved, I'm also trying to develop more products that are my own. So I'm not spending as much time talking about everyone else's stuff. But a lot of the... And th- this only sounds arrogant, which I don't mean it to, but I am good at it. I'm really good at selling stuff.
0: It's great but to know what reason, you're good at. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. The it's reason
1: that I think I am, and the art, I guess you could say, behind influencer marketing is really buffering out any type of advertisement with really good content. So your str- not your struggle, but your challenge is for every ad I post working with a company, I try to do at least two or three posts of complete free value that I'm giving back. So whether it's an awesome recipe or some motivational message or some story about something. So you're building up a lot of buffer content that's tons of free, awesome stuff that's really helpful to your follower to just space out all the ads.
0: Right, right. So, so you don't feel like every time I look at you, you're yeah. selling something.
1: Yeah. And that's what's hard for, I think, for people on the outside to understand is that they'll say, well, you can just post this. Why Why is it that big of a deal? Like, can't you just do this? And it's like, no, for every post I take, I have to plan like three more posts without because I want to... If I took every single post I was offered, my entire feed would just be add, ad, 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 ad. Yeah. Your followers are dead. They're not engaged. Yeah. yeah. And so it's kind of just trying to find the balance. And honestly, like turning down a lot of stuff that, you know, your audience will not like, like, there's some contracts I've turned down that literally makes me want to throw up how much money you're turning away. But I just know that it would fall so flat. Yeah. And it's not worth, you know, there's all these Instagram Instagram algorithms that are at play that you have to consider. And the more posts you have that are lower engaged, the more Instagram just starts burying your stuff. So it's not worth mm. taking some huge amount of money up front when you know that the post is going to tank. And then that's just another post that Instagram will say, oh, her people are less engaged and less engaged. So we're just going to bury her stuff and she won't right. get seen. So it's kind of just trying to balance all of that and yeah. juggle it out. And um. There's a lot of like, it gets very businessy with like contracts and negotiating and um, offers and media kits. And there's just lots of different behind the scenes stuff that happens. I'm, I'm fortunate right now that I have two employees who take care of a lot of that stuff for me, but so I mostly get to just focus on the content creation, which is what I really love. Yeah. Um, but it did take a while to be able to hire out the rest of that stuff, but it's, yeah, it's fun. The content creation is fun. The business side of it is still pretty messy and it's a job.
0: (laughs) Do you, do you engage then directly with them or do you work with an agency or?
1: Um, both. So there's some companies that will reach out directly, Um, and then there's some companies that have an agent that'll reach out. I don't have an agent personally for me. I've just found that I prefer to deal with the companies directly in most cases. Um, I like having the contacts to go back to. And also generally if I, if I were to hire an agent, they would take a good percentage of the deals. And right now I'm not having a hard time finding work. And so if it got to a point where I felt like I needed someone to help me, maybe I would, but right now I'm not having that problems. So I choose not to, but I know a lot of people do. Yeah.
0: yeah. Have you ever taken on a client, a product, a whatever, and been uneasy about it, and then later regretted it, thought, you know what, I'm, I didn't really believe in that. Or maybe there was something <laughs> that didn't go right with it.
1: Oh, man. Um, I'm trying to think if I ever, I feel like I've been pretty good about filtering out oh, you know what, when I did take on accident, and this was a horrible business move on my part, I did not read my contract close enough, I thought I was promoting an app But I was actually promoting a life insurance company. And they had what they were offering is that you could track through an app some kind of health response. And then you got this life insurance. So that one was totally a misstep on my part. Like I thought I was promoting this app that did look cool, but it turned out it was a life insurance company and I couldn't get out of it. It was real like the messaging they wanted and everything was really off brand for me. And I really, really regretted that one for sure. But that was my Did you get
0: did you get any feedback on that people going, why are you trying to push me to life insurance? No,
1: they didn't. No one said anything. but no one engaged with it so it does it did get like buried because if people are interested so it gets buried and then it usually takes a couple days to kind of like work your way back up in the algorithm as dumb as that is, but
0: but if people so if you put out something that's really on trend with your with your followers and everything else then that helps even more people see it
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah because i follow you on instagram and uh that's somewhat recent
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: you pop up. I feel like I must see all of your posts. Yeah. Like, it seems like it. And <laughs> then there. it's funny because same with us. I mean, we use Instagram. Mm-hmm. I don't look at anything statistics. I have no idea what we're doing. We post literally twice a week. Yeah. One time saying, here's who our guest is going to be. And then one time saying, here's who our guest is. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a very small following, but I think we get pretty buried. Yeah, you know. Whereas with Facebook, we have a lot more. Yeah, a lot more engagement on Facebook. Instagram
1: definitely rewards you for being active. So the more you post, the better off you are.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just I'd end up posting the same picture every day, yeah. <laughs> so that that doesn't help. Um, so another part of your Instagram, I, I hate to say persona. I don't want to separate you from. Your business, but 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 I want to make sure we're talking about you as a persona and a person. Yeah. But part of your persona, and what's amazing to me is is that because you are the product to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. you have been very open on Instagram as well about your faith. Yeah. Like that's part of who you are. I would think- That especially because we are a somewhat misunderstood faith, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, and I know people who have said, look, I keep my faith separate. My faith is one thing. I'm super active in the church and everything else. Then I'm also an actor, singer, whatever, but I don't want to be. In fact, I sat next to a, a very famous designer. She's a television designer, and I we took a picture together. We had a great conversation on an airplane, and she said, but I don't want you to use the word Latter-day Saint and designer in the same sentence. Mm -hmm. I'll never have that. Like, I don't want to be known as a Latter-day Saint personality. You -hmm. can talk about my persona, and then separately, we can talk about the fact that I'm a member of the church. They cannot ever be together. She was super paranoid about that. You seem to be, from what I've seen, a little bit more open about, Mm -hmm. I am myself, and because I'm myself. So talk about the reaction that you've gotten, because your followers – Unlike like our followers, the fact that we talk <laughs> about the fact we're Latter day Saints, ninety five percent not a hundred, but ninety five percent of my <laughs> listeners are Latter day Saints. Yeah. Or they at least know that we're a Latter day Saint focused show. Yeah. So but your followers aren't. You've got no. followers of all types.
1: Yeah, there are followers of all types. Um you know, I initially was the same way. I was like, oh, we're definitely keeping it separate. I don't want to have to answer any question." Like it just felt, I mean, this was years ago, but I totally was like, yeah, I'm not mentioning that. It's not what I'm going to do. But I think the more that I got involved in it and the more I saw the power of it, I just was like, this is freaking missionary work. That's what it is. And it's a massive opportunity. Like, I can't imagine there will ever be a time in my life where I'll be able to communicate with more people on that level where they actually care to listen to what I'm going to say. And so then I just thought, well, this would be so ridiculous to pass up this opportunity, but oh my goodness, you have to be so careful. (laughs) And so I think... Once I started approaching it like missionary work, and my goal, honestly, I'm not there to convert anyone. That's not what I care about. I just want to show what um, being a Latter-day Saint looks like um, in another way, because there's a lot of different perceptions out there, and there's lots of people who do it differently than me, and that's totally fine, too. But I just wanted to shine light on how it's helped my life and my family and why we thrive as members of the church. Um, but so everything that I do is really thought out with the church. I, I'm very careful about what I'm sharing. I always, um, if I ever share any type of quotes or anything from the church, I make sure it's nothing that would be divisive or something that could offend right, anyone. Right. Um, I'm really big on talking about like inclusion and loving everyone and those kind of messages that resonate with me most about the gospel too. That's what I want to share. Um, and so it's interesting when I first started sharing, I think the very first time I shared, about the church i think i i I honestly don't remember what my post was about but i remember where i was when i posted it and i remember feeling sick about it and i remember i remember i lost almost a thousand followers in a day which is a lot like you work hard thousand
0: followers in one day stopped following you yeah
1: because you, you, you work hard to build those followers and that oh like my guts you. That's like a lot of people.
0: We just after a year hit a thousand followers on Facebook. Yeah. Like a thousand, so that's all I have. All so would I would like... lose every... <laughs> We're pretty small, but yeah. I mean, holy
1: yeah, cow, a thousand people. Oh my goodness, yeah. So, oh my gosh,
0: do you remember what it was that you posted?
1: I wish I could remember. For some reason, I think it was something about Conference, Yeah. Like, I remember, like, maybe just talking about it and how we really liked that weekend or something. I'll have to scroll back and look what the actual post was. But I do remember thinking, like, oh, if that's going to happen every time, I can't. Yeah, you <laughs> won't
0: have a business. Like, no one would blame that. you for that, though. Yeah.
1: But... I wouldn't
0: blame you for that if you said, that's it. That was the last one.
1: Yeah. Um, and I have friends who do what I do, who choose to not, and I totally respect it. And like, I think it, it depends it. on the people, yeah, true. um, and what you think you're supposed to be doing online. But for me, the more I pray about it, the more I think I'm supposed to be sharing about it and not, and I do not talk about the church every day, not even every week, maybe it's a month, once a month or something, but I also think there is something about just, um, the way you live your life. And people are curious about like, how, how does that work? And how do, why do you feel this way? You know, when we do talk about body image and stuff, I do talk about like your body is a gift from God and your, your purpose in life is so much more than what you look like. And I believe that we have these great purposes and we have eternal life. And that really is interesting to people. So then they will start asking questions. But um, yeah, I, there was a really big drop the first time, but I will say the more I started gradually sharing about it, the least, the, the lower the impact has been. Not impact in a good way, but like the negative impact. I don't have as many messages from people like telling me I'm brainwashed. I don't have as many So
0: have you gotten some pretty vile (laughs) Yeah messages? I would guess putting yourself out there the way that you have
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm guessing vile messages are par for the course regardless.
1: Yeah. I mean you're
0: a public persona, you've got I, does that ever get to you? Like, does that, uh, Um, for me, that would drive me nuts. I hate that
1: part of it. Initially, definitely. But yeah, it's just in comparison to the amount of messages I get that are so positive and kind, it really is just a drop in the bucket. Like it doesn't really feel like anything now when people say things. I'll just be like, thank you so much for your opinion. I really, (laughs) I'm happy doing what I'm doing, but thank you. Like, and I I always respond with kindness. I never say, well, that's not true. You know, like there's been a few misconceptions. Um, One of them was Diet Coke. Someone was really concerned how I could call myself a Mormon and drink as much Diet Coke as I do. So, you know, there's some So mis- you've <laughs> actually
0: gotten the reverse. So you've not only gotten the how dare you be a member of this church and hear all the negatives, yeah. I don't like you because you're a member of the church, but you've also gotten the reverse pressure. Yeah. From members of the church saying, How can you call yourself a member of the
1: church? Yeah, exactly. See that to me, is <laughs> oh,
0: that drives me up a wall.
1: Yeah, so it's that just is, it's funny, but like it really. I just look at it as an opportunity to educate people and to just help them see things differently. Yeah. And there has been times where I will um, share things, and I will open. Op- I actually did it today randomly, but um, I've only done it a handful of times where I'll say like, if you do want to book a book of Mormon, I'll send you one. It's free, you know, whatever. And I have um a couple of people that will send me their address and they are interested and so I feel like awesome. and I don't care as much about converting anyone like I that door is open if someone had a question but I really more than anything just want to be like we're not all that bad.
0: <laughs> I I love there are a lot of and we've had a lot of them on our show. There are a lot of very well-known members of the church that, like you, are very open about it. But when I look at... So just getting ready for the... Uh, I feel like I need to preface this. Getting ready for the show, I went through your whole Instagram feed. Otherwise, it feels creepy that I was doing research. But I went through it. And, and one of the things that I had the thought, and obviously, I know you a little bit, and I know Justin well. But I had the thought where if I were not a member of the church... I'd want to know more about it by knowing you guys. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something in that that you've tapped into that's very special, that the the message and the the song and everything else that's <laughs> a little bit dramatic, but uh, will they know him because of you? And I think people are getting to know him because of you. I think that yeah. we, it is incumbent on all of us, whether it's through a podcast or through social media or through just being a good neighbor and a decent person and mm-hmm. sharing with coworkers, whatever. Um the other thing is if I were following you and you didn't mention anything about being a member of the church, I would look at your family and I'd go, Yeah, they're members of the church. Yeah. Like I'd know it. You yeah. know. And I think there's something so cool about that. I think we're at a point now and the prophet has made it pretty clear, we can't walk in the middle of the road anymore. Yeah. We've got to pick a side and we've got to say kind of a little bit of forget the consequences. Yeah. I have to I have to choose. Very interesting. You've done some work with the church. Uh-huh. You're also a Latter Day Saint influencer, yeah. <laughs> uh, for sure. What What are some of the things you've worked on with the church?
1: Um, so the Light the World campaign. The past couple of years, they, um, I work with them just in marketing, and I share the message and talk about it. So basically, like I do any other partnerships with brands, the churches, you know, their marketing yeah. team is runs um, that the same. And it was really cool. I went to a meeting once where we got to see, they kind of showed us the numbers on what that campaign has done for the church. And it's incredible. Um, It's a really uplifting message for anyone, regardless of their faith. And they just had the numbers. And I wish I could remember the specifics, but like the first year they ran that campaign, how many times those videos were viewed. And then um, they can also pull how many people, you know, clicked on the website, how many people requested missionaries. Like there's this there's this pull and those, you know, knocking on doors and that kind of missionary work that works, that works still to a little bit, but I truthfully think this is where it's going. And sure. I think that these videos and these messages are spread in a way that is massive and they're reaching so many more people and their numbers every year, like quadrupling get bigger and bigger. Like how many people are coming to the church's website. And even like they showed us a little bit about the campaign they did Um, For Times Square in New York and like the massive, like they, so they can tell with Google, like how many people in that area, they can kind of see a correlation of people who are cause that's not even a clickable thing. That's like up on Times Square, but they can see people in the geographical area who are then searching and like how that goes up. And it just kind of made me realize, and like, first of all, the church is cool. They're really ahead of, they, yeah. like, they aren't just sitting back in their chairs, like, let's keep knocking doors and that's what we should do. They're really being innovative and they're really thinking of ways to reach people. And they're, you know, as a content creator myself, and I know the work that goes into that, they're creating great content.
0: <laughs> like the
1: messages and the stories they share are phenomenal and they're really, um, they do a really good job at it. So it's kind of been fun to work with them and kind of just see some of the behind the scenes work of what yeah. they do, you know?
0: I've been really impressed. I've gone to the, the influencer meetup, I mean, the last couple of years to see that messaging, and I've seen those numbers, and it's unbelievable. Yeah. We've had John Die from uh, Boncom, who does all the social media. He's been on the show before. Oh, cool. And when I watch what they've done. But I think that one of the reasons I think you're really, I love your message, and I think it really, you know, kind of uh, resonates well, is that when you look at what the church advertises we advertise the fundamentals that people are looking for. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't put up billboards that say, here are 10 reasons to stop drinking coffee. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we would get a massive following. (laughs) Instead, the church shares these wonderful things of, hey, your family's important. Um, There's Mm -hmm. a new church ad that's now starting to get some play. I saw the, I got to see the preview of it, and it's on YouTube now called This is Church that makes me cry every time because it shows service and it just shows, you know, it shows a guy visiting his dad in prison and like, this is charity, this is love, this is, and this is church, this is the fundamentals.
1: Yeah. And it
0: feels like that's what your real message is. Yeah,
1: exactly. I don't
0: even really have a message. This is what I live. This is my family. I think there are a lot of people, um, some I've talked to who have decided, hey, I want to be a social media figure mm-hmm. um, other than don't? Do you, have, <laughs> do you have any advice for people who may be thinking, hey, oh, I've man. got something to share with the world. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do this. I mean, can, can you go into it wanting to do it or does it have to just happen so organically?
1: My experience was not knowing what it was like I went into it like because I was sharing things. I like mine was way more organic, but it wasn't even a thing when I started.
0: Is it too so, late for people to want to start? No, is Instagram no, too mature?
1: No, not at all. I think that if you here's what I would recommend. If you want to do it, if you feel called to do it, you absolutely should. Um, but I think it is really easy to get jaded and hung up on things in Instagram like numbers and fault. Like people spend way too much mm. of their time focused on that if you put your brain power and your heart into creating content that serves people, then I believe you can be successful Mm. because I think one of the hardest things about social media is people will say, I mean, but I took a really pretty picture and I like stood by a brick wall in my cute outfit and like, (laughs) I'm not getting a following like that. That's so confusing to them. Mm. And I think it's because people just get egocentric. Like they're like, Oh, I want people to like me and like what I'm doing and whatever. But when you, when you switch your mindset to how can I serve people, I I truthfully believe that the kind of social media followings where you look really cute and you get followers, that's way harder to do nowadays. There are a lot of people that just look really cute and make a lot of money by looking really cute on Instagram and taking good pictures. There are people that do that, but I think there's so many people trying to do that right now that it is, um, it's not as possible, but I think the best and for you to have a good experience online is to not get obsessed with numbers, to think about how you can serve others and to always nod back to that, um, when you are creating content. So I think really getting, I did some brand work on myself about two years ago where, um, I just kind of figured out okay what am I doing why am I here? I started making money and I was just taking things that I was like I don't really know I like I'd be so dumb to turn that down or whatever but I just kind of lost like the spark of it because yeah. it just became a job and whatever but I did some work and I was like you know what I need to have more purpose behind what I'm doing and I need to feel connected to something better than just like Instagram followers and money and so when I got really clear on, you know, the things that I discovered while doing my brand work that I really value connection with people, I really value the feeling of acceptance. Those are like the two things I kind of always have in the back of my mind. And so when I'm creating content, I just think, does this help people feel more accepted? And does this help them feel connected? And if it does, then I'll share it. And if it doesn't, I usually just don't. And it makes all my, questions of should I or shouldn't I for what I share, what I do online, it makes it a lot easier to answer. Because if it doesn't meet whether they're feeling connected or accepted, then I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to share it.
0: I think it's so funny that when when you look at social media, it feels like what succeeds are things that are fake. And when we look at the world right now, when Mm -hmm. you look at the world right now, it looks like success is what's fake. And I think that where the opportunity is, is in real. It's Mm -hmm. in real connections. It's in people going, wow, this is someone that's more like me. I want to see reflections of myself. And it's nice to see people who are maybe reflections of what I might want to be someday. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, I'm never going to be that. And so to see these reflections and to see how you're connecting with people on that level, I think you do a tremendous amount of missionary work. I mean, I think that one of the one of the things that we have to do as members of the church is we might be the only member of the church they know. Some of your followers, you might literally be the only member of the church they know. Then suddenly they come across a coworker or a missionary or someone. And when they say, have you heard of our church? Well, I follow someone on social media who I know is a member of your church. Yeah. And she is really great. I look forward to her messages. Now I'm a little bit prepared. I think mm-hmm. it's just amazing. Well, I think it's awesome work that you're doing. We're starting to get there on time. Um, I have one final question that I ask all of our guests, I'm going to ask you. But before that, (laughs) I won't say who said this, but I was told that I'm supposed to ask about a story about a pickle before we wrap up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to tell you who told me to ask you that. But there was somebody who said to make sure to ask you the pickle story. So
1: okay, so (laughs) When I was 16 and very insecure with my life, I went to a movie theater with my friends and they were having a pickle eating contest and they were like, you should do it. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing a pickle eating contest. Like as like an insecure 16 year old. Yeah, right. Anyway, so I went up there and there was two other girls And there was a bunch of people watching us. It was all very terrible, but there was, and it was to win ski passes. And I don't even ski, like the whole thing was so ridiculous, but, um, we got up there and I, you know, started eating this pickle and in my mind, I'm like, I am definitely losing this. So I was like trying to eat it slow and not win it. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I like looked over and I had, I had won it trying to lose. <laughs> and I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad because I had purposely been trying to lose, you know, those big, massive, like movie theater pickles. Yeah. Anyways, it was, I was so mad because I won a pickle leading contest trying to lose it. So, you know. You were
0: born for stardom. I
1: guess that's really. Ashley, yeah, you it can't
0: avoid written. it. Stars you <laughs> were born for stardom. <laughs> Oh Starting out as a, the, the, <laughs> the pickle-eating star. That is a fantastic story.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's the worst. <laughs> For a
0: 16-year-old that didn't want attention. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I don't think there are very many 16-year-old girls thinking, I am going to be the pickle-eating star.
1: Oh, my gosh. No. yeah, That's hilarious. And That's awesome. Us, oh man, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to wrap up with a question we ask all of our guests. There's no right or wrong answer. It's all very personal. But, okay. Ashley, what does being a member of the church mean to you?
1: Um, I think it means sharing love. So when I talk about that acceptance and stuff, I just want people to, I want to share love. I want people to feel love. And, um, yeah, that's what I would say it means to me.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, you can be found on Instagram. It's at Ashley's fresh fix. Yes. And that's EY. For Ashley. Yeah. Ashley's Ashley plural. EYS. Yeah. Fresh fix. And it is fun to follow. It's extra fun for me because I know your family, and (laughs) I've known uh, your extended family for so long. But I think the work that you're doing is wonderful and so important, and there's so much that we can learn from and gain from in this time. What a beautiful time to be alive, to be able to share the gospel in ways and to share love and positivity and all these other things that uh, intertwine with the gospel, but in ways never before. So wife, mother, Instagram star, Ashley. (laughs) Thank you for sharing your Latter-day life with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. And my thanks to Ashley. What a just amazing person she is. And again, thank you to Justin for uh, connecting us and setting up the interview. I was so blown away by Ashley's, just her positivity and her, just her overall vibe is fantastic So thank you so much for coming in and sharing that. Uh, This week in my Latter-day Life, um, I got uh, a chance to teach Gospel Doctrine. Kind of funny for our listeners, episode one was Adam Sidwell, who is a Hollywood uh, animator and special effects guy and an author and all kinds of cool stuff. He's also our Gospel Doctrine teacher, and he was out of town, asked if I would cover, and I did. We were in Ezekiel, and we got to talking about the difference between shepherds and sheepherders and how shepherds lead, and sheepherders uh, push from behind, and sheepherders don't care as much. But as we started talking about shepherds, um, and what a blessing to get to teach that lesson this week. There were actually four different things we were going to talk about. But once we started talking about shepherds, and how each of us are the sheep, and how Christ is the good shepherd, it's what the class wanted to talk about. And I was getting panicked, like, well, we need to move on, we need to move on. And the Spirit whispered to me that this was the topic to talk about. And a couple things that came out of that, especially at this Christmas time, first of all, that we're all shepherds, that every single one of us is responsible for the other people in our ward, in our neighborhood, and for our children, uh, for friends and family and coworkers, all of it. We're all shepherds. We're responsible for every sheep, and that every one of us matters. And that the good shepherd, Jesus— wants us to care and that not one should be lost, that each one of them. And as people were sharing their thoughts, I thought back to uh, our interview with uh, Greg uh, um, Greg Threadwell a couple weeks ago and just how amazing there were people in his life as he struggled with depression that were his shepherds and now how he's become a shepherd. And this is one of the things we realized this week is that every one of us is a shepherd and every one of us is a sheep. And there are times in my life when I need a shepherd. I need somebody because I'm starting to get lost or I feel alone or I feel scared and the night is dark. And I need somebody to come in and say, it's okay, let me corral you in and make sure that you're okay. You're important. You're protected. And there are other times I need to be the shepherd. Um, Right after we recorded uh, the interview with Ashley, she left. A few hours later, I was looking at Instagram and Ashley had posted a picture from her cruise and it was a picture of her in a swimsuit and below it she had written, do you believe the lie? Do you believe the lies that people tell you or that you tell yourself about your body, that you're not enough or that you're terrible or you're worthless for some reason because of your body? And I went, okay, this is what she was talking about. And I started reading through the comments and there was woman after woman saying, yeah, during Thanksgiving, uh, I especially, I didn't want to be in photos All the things Ashley was talking about. There were probably 50 comments from women saying, thank you for sharing this. I'm so scared to post pictures of myself, or I hate the way I look, and I uh, uh, ascribe less value to myself because of my weight, or because of my height, or my size, or whatever it is. Thank you. And Ashley was being a shepherd. And when Greg shares his message of depression, he's being a shepherd. I'm so grateful for these amazing shepherds because sometimes we're the shepherd and sometimes we're the sheep, but we are all shepherds and we are all sheep. And I was really grateful for that to come together, especially at this time of Christmas as we're thinking about the good shepherd, that he knows each of us by name, that we all matter and he will never, ever leave us. And I just felt very grateful for all of that this week. And that's what's happening this week in my Latter-day Life thank you so much for joining us again next week kind of a special episode it's going to be a different thing for us we'll explain kind of what it is at the beginning of next week and uh, so be sure to tune in for that and uh until then please remember there is a great big beautiful world out there so go be in it just not of it thanks for listening